Hey, Dr. Mike here. Irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS, is it a real thing? Stay tuned to learn more with our guest, Dr. Efrat Lamandre. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish, Dr. Crystal. Yes. What do you think? So you heard my teaser. I I heard it. IBS. I mean, a lot of people have it, but they don't really know what it is. <laughs> but a lot of people have it. Mm-hmm. What what are are we missing something? What do you think? I think so, but I would love to hear from our guest because um, she is she's in the trenches and she's seeing the patient. So you're trying to pass the ball quickly. <laughs> Passing it quickly. Can you tell? All right. So our guest is Dr. Efrat Lamandre. She is the founder of the new method where she empowers patients to finally realize their symptoms are not in their head. Mm-hmm. I like that. As a result, she helps people optimize their health, prevent illness, reduce medication. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And feel great. Dr. E also sits on the board of trustees for Staten Island University Hospital, serves as the president of the Nurse Practitioner Association. In addition, Dr. E owns a primary care practice called EG Healthcare, a medical scribe company, Hawk Scribes, and also, if that wasn't enough, an education company, EG Prep. Dr. E, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, your bio makes me feel like I'm slacking. I know. <laughs> I, I think we can also add, which is the new title that people are giving themselves, a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> so. Yeah, it sounds about right. Sounds great. Uh, yeah. Well, go. Welcome to the show. So this show is all about IBS. Um, uh, you know, um, a lot of the ways that we pick our topics, Dr. E, it's, it's not really what we want to talk about. It's what people are asking about, right? You know, what's, what's trending? What's relevant to people? And IBS is all over Google. I mean, people are asking about it left and right. So uh, let's start off, because um, we were debating before the show started about IBS. Mm-hmm. So we want your take on it. What what is IBS to you, and are we are we calling this the right thing? Are we missing something? What do you think? Oh, my God, this is great. Actually, I heard you, Dr. Crystal, trying to pass the ball, and I will happily catch the ball. <laughs> and though in real life, in real life, I cannot catch. Don't throw anything at me, please. <laughs> she can't either. There you go. <laughs> she can't. It would be well, best fun. That's awesome. <laughs> um. Okay, so let's let me answer that question. Is it real? It is real in the sense that the symptoms are real. And it's very important. Sometimes when we ask the question, is something real? Sometimes patients get offended. What do you mean? Are you trying to suggest that what I'm feeling is not real? Of course, of course, your symptoms are real. What you're feeling is real. And we can get into those symptoms in a moment. But and then we give it in. We have to separate conventional medicine and functional medicine mm-hmm. and conventional medicine really has to label things because if it once it labels it once it has parameters for a diagnosis it can create guidelines of how to treat it so Mm -hmm. it is a label of a constellation of symptoms but in my opinion labeling it almost does it a disservice Mm -hmm. so the symptoms are real the label currently is real there's certainly it's in every uh, evidence-based guideline if you're looking up it up to date but it, it it really is not enough to actually help the patients along. So I'm going to pause there for a moment and then see where that lands for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, those are my thoughts. So we are aligned as well. We can't catch 
and we are aligned on kind of this labeling of of IBS. I've always been taught, you know, it's a syndrome and there are no specific diagnostic tests. I, I believe it's is diagnosed with a, a set of criteria, kind of the, the wrong criteria. I believe there's those are and it, you just have to have these sets of, of symptoms along with this. But coming into I'd never heard of it in my, you know, nutrition degree, mm -hmm. at least I, I was a conventional conventionally trained with my master's in nutrition. So we never really talked about it there. Of course, my my doctorate degree is more functional uh, medicine. And, and we talked about it there. Yeah. But some patients would would come and say, hey, I think I have IBS. I went to my conventional doctor and they are telling me it's not real. Unfortunately, that does happen sometimes. Right. And, and so the symptoms are real and they can't be, you know, dis discounted or the, the patient can't be just turned away and, and said, well, you know, it's just something you're eating. Yeah, I go, listen, Dr. E, I think you'd agree with this. I mean, if, if somebody's having symptoms, that deserves a workup. It deserves thought. It deserves care and treatment, right? It's not, you know, a lot of times it's easy to put somebody into a syndrome classification because I really don't know what to do there. So we'll do some basic fiber or whatever, whatever that is. So Dr. E, let's go back to IBS and let's hear kind of what are the more common signs and symptoms you see when somebody seems to fall into this this syndrome absolutely so let's first say how you get the diagnosis of ibs okay. ibs is what we call it's called a diagnosis of exclusion which actually means if done right then your gi actually did a great workup and was able to find nothing so hopefully if you have these symptoms and the symptoms so let's say what the symptoms are so the symptoms are that within a week you have at least one to two times of a change in bowel habit, a, a bowel, yeah, I guess um, habit or form. So in other words, within one week, you have at least two bouts of either diarrhea, two bouts of constipation, or um, mixed, mixed type. We, sometimes it's this, sometimes that. And you can't seem to figure out a rhyme or reason. So you go to your GI, and your GI was very smart and very caring. I never want to discount my colleagues. If they, you know, they will do their endoscopy, they will do their colonoscopy, they'll do everything appropriate and everything will come out negative. That's how we get the diagnosis of IBS. Hey, I get that you have these symptoms, but I've ruled out all the biggies. You don't have an ulcer. You don't have esophagitis. You don't have, God forbid, cancer. I don't know what's going on. So that is IBS. This is where, I, this is my favorite type of patient. I like my patients who have already been to the specialist, <laughs> who have been through all the tests, and will come to me and say, "I've done it all, and they found nothing." Yeah, amazing. And I still, I still have now we're in the right place. <laughs> right. <laughs> now we're in the right place. And I just be before I hand it back over to you, I just want to tell patients and caution patients: don't run to the diagnosis of IBS. Make sure you have the full workup to exclude all the biggies, because it is a diagnosis of exclusion. And then once you get that diagnosis, listen in because we're going to talk about how to manage that as well. Well, why, let's just let's let's. So what are your thoughts? So maybe maybe we don't have an absolute answer of what's really going on. Um, you know, we've ex like you said, you exclude all the big stuff, inflammatory bowel, peptical, all that stuff is excluded. Mm -hmm. And they're still having these kind of symptoms. Um, 
What do you think? Just putting you on the spot a little bit. What what are some of the theories you have of what really might be going on in somebody who's at this point now? Oh yeah, this doesn't put me on the spot. I, this is this is what I do. It's my favorite. So what? So so what we've established, right? We don't have a pathology. We don't have a sickness. We don't have an illness, but we have symptoms. And sometimes it's constipation, sometimes the beard. This is your body telling you very clearly, I don't like what you're putting inside. That's it. And it just is your body saying, I don't like this. Now, if you keep ignoring it and keep eating this, eventually you will get a diagnosable disease. So this is kind of like you're in the state of pre-disease. Your body's giving you like white flags. Like, let's give an obvious one. Hey, every time I drink milk, my stomach hurts. Is that something wrong with your stomach? No, it's your body saying, I don't like milk. So if you keep eating milk over and over again, because you insist because someone told you it's healthy, eventually you will get illnesses secondary to that constant inflammation, eczema, asthma, mm -hmm. joint pain, etc. Right. So, so what is it? It is your body saying, I don't like what you put in. And then our job, and I'll tell you how we do that in a moment, but I'll, our job is to try to help figure out what is that thing. And yeah. by the way, if, if you look at the guidelines for IBS in the literature, the first five steps are lifestyle and diet modification, even in conventional medicine. And then pharmacology like, is, is, lower, is lower than that if, you know, if, if the patient's unwilling or unable to find the dietary modification. Wow. So, okay. So you have this patient... Do you start with an elimination diet? I'm just curious kind of what, what your process would be. Um, and because there are two schools of thought. You can kind of cut out all of these things, which I'm not really a fan of because now you can't figure out yeah, what it is. Right. Food, so, sources. yes, you, you cut out the foods that would typically be problematic in most people. Okay. And then you kind of add them back in one by one. Or do you eliminate one by one? Or maybe you, you take a different approach. I'm curious to hear your approach. Sure. So what I do, generally speaking, the patients who come to me don't only have IBS, right? Because we know, every, all your listeners know, if your stomach hurts, other things hurt. Brain fog, joint pain, skin issues, psoriasis, right? So they tend to come, fertility issues, they tend to come with more than just belly. So and that's really important because the belly and the system are connected. We, we forget that things are connected because our specialists are in different office, right? The GI is in one office. Your skin doctor is across town. So you forget that it's all connected in one body. <laughs> so um, so what I tell my patients, so I, am, I, I heard from what you said, this might not be your favorite approach, but I like to always start with nutrition. I'm making an assumption it's nutrition, but it may not be, right? So with nutrition, I like to eliminate first Mm -hmm. for a few reasons. First of all, it tends to be when the patient's most motivated. They've already come to my office. They've already made the appointment. They're unwell. They're willing to do anything. Six months later, things are a little different. So they are at their most motivated to do, what do I need to do? You tell me to eat paper, I'll eat paper, right? So I say, now this is not for everyone, but this is a general framework. Certainly there's people we have to go the reverse order. But my favorite favorite uh, framework is first eliminate, um, and we eliminate a lot, and this is for short term. We eliminate dairy, gluten, legumes, um, and um, the grains. We eliminate grains as well. Temporary. This is not intended for lifelong in any right. way. And then we do a check-in. So when when I, I right before we started, you asked me about my intake form. 
we ask all the symptoms, not just belly, all symptoms. And we use that as a baseline. And this is important because these patients, your listeners, don't have a diagnosis. What are we going to track? We're going to check their cholesterol levels. We're going to check their weight. I don't care about people's weight. I want to know how you're feeling, right? So we're tracking your symptoms. So 30 days in, we track those same symptoms and we say, how's it going? So either you feel great, awesome. Let's start reintroducing. Let's start putting one thing at a time and seeing, oh my God, when I put, I don't know, chickpeas back in, my stomach hurt. So that's option one. Option two is it didn't help at all. No, no, nothing you did helped at all. I still feel exactly the same. Great. Then we have to do one. Now we know we need to do either an allergy, um, food sensitivity testing because something that we left on your plate is still mm-hmm. agitating you. Mm-hmm. Right? So a lot of times patients will happen is I eat so healthy. I'm just eating like an avocado and grilled chicken. Well, guess what? Let's do food sensitivity. Turns out avocado is not for you. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So I do the food sensitivity, but I don't start there because it's, it's a lot it's of money and we may not need it. Yeah. Right? So, gotcha. so if you, right. So if, if nothing helps at all, we do food sensitivity testing, or maybe that's a good time to do like a GI map testing. Mm-hmm. And then we have the third type of patient who is like, it helped somewhat, but you know, and that's, and depending on what is left, which symptoms are left will let me know where to explore next. For example, everything's better except my joints still hurt. Maybe I need to look into Lyme. Everything's better except I still have brain fog. Maybe I need to look into mold. So that's the framework. I, I start restrictive. And depending on where we are 30 or 60 days in, I know what to do next. Now, I have a question about um, the emotional aspect to this. Um, because you find that people's symptoms are sometimes worse when they are dealing with stress. Mm-hmm. Or and sometimes they'll say this this IBS started after a traumatic event in my life, and there's this connection between, you know, potentially, two the the, the neurotransmitter receptors in the gut are just kind of sensitive or overly active. Have you seen that in practice? And what are your thoughts on that that aspect of IBS? Absolutely. Um, stress, the emotional components is huge for so many, so many reasons. So some people will say ever since X, things haven't been good. So let's address that first. Ever since X, things haven't been good. And X could be an emotional since the divorce, since the, the death of my loved one. What that says to me, though, is that you probably had underlying issues before. And this pushed you over the edge. And that's true for almost everything. Ever since I had COVID, ever since I had Lyme, ever since I had mono, ever since the birth of my child, sometimes it's not an illness, I have not been the same. So things were probably cooking. And then that last thing was what pushed you over, which is helpful to look at it that way. Because if it was just a stressful event, I can never undo that. But if we recognize that there was some things cooking before, we could work on that. Now, so that's, you know, first scenario. I do have patients, I have one patient in mind who, Super clean, super compliant, but without question, when there's a stressful event in her life, she gets bloated immediately. And we know the connection, right? I mean, we know the vagus nerve and we know the gut-brain connection. It's And for her, it's just super connected. So it's still the same work because we also know that the food's irritated, so we remove the foods. She's in a place where in between stressful situations, she is doing well. And when there's a stressful situation, 
she kind of has this physical reminder that says, okay, maybe we need to step back. This is too much. It's, it's used as a guide for her, kind of the way you would a food. Like, wow, every time I eat a banana, I get a headache. Every time it's too much for me, my stomach bloats. So without question, it is a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're working through all this, when or do, I should say, supplements ever play a role? Oh, yeah. Supplements play a huge role. I <laughs> love this question. So, so let me say this. I don't think that supplements alone ever will, will help anything, right? And, and this is true also. That's what she likes. She always makes me talk about food first. <laughs> food first. Food first. I, I really prefer not to work with a patient who wants like 40 supplements mm. and is eating, you know, the standard American diet. We're not going to get anywhere. I want to get out of the mindset of a pill for every ill. Right. I mean, that's we're we're trying to avoid that. We're trying we're trying to use first, right, our nutrition, our foods. We want to remove the 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 things that hurt it. Put in the good things. The stress, as you mentioned, I look at supplements at two ways. One, I look at it as the cherry on top. For some of my patients, it's like it's like great. Look how far we've come. Now let's now let's optimize. But in the case of IBS, you want to really use certain supplements to target the belly, right? So vitamin A, huge for um, the lining of your stomach. There's, there's, you know, there's no question we need that collagen, big for the lining of your stomach, right? So um, probiotics and prebiotics, digestive enzymes. Now there is an order and there is a method to the madness. So you don't just want to wake up with your stomach a mess and be like, let me just grab some probiotics, prebiotics, let me just throw it all in there. You're probably not going to do so well. So I would say we start with nutrition and, and we see some of my, if my patients are very, very sensitive, meaning the smallest change in what we do sends them over the edge. I sometimes start just with vitamin A for a while. Mm-hmm. Let that repair the lining for a while. When we get to a place of more stability is when I start to re-inoculate with probiotics mm-hmm. and then prebiotics to feed the probiotics. Uh, and then depending on where they are and kind of what their symptoms are, digestive enzymes can go in there. I try not to do it first. Yeah. Okay. Because it muddies the water sometimes. But the patients who are very sensitive, you're like, well, I don't know. Is it because I took the supplement or is it because I took that? Mm-hmm. So those are really specific for gut. But then, of course, like overall, I, I love glutathione and NAC and I, and I love resveratrol. I mean, there's so many things. But if since we're focused on IBS, I want to give you viewers vitamin A, collagen, digestive enzymes, probiotics, and prebiotics are kind of where it's at for the belly. It sounds great. So following this program, um, because you mentioned even on the conventional side, right, even their first five suggestions are lifestyle stuff. But after that, they do move into, um, you know, conventional medications, right? So how, how, when you, when you work with your patients this way, how many of them can avoid those medications? Like how, how successful are you in at least mitigating some of the symptoms, getting better control, right? Mm-hmm. And not having to go down that conventional route. If the patient is willing to do the work, we're almost always successful. It's it's really patient dependent, you know, because I, I can guide, but ultimately they're in their kitchen. Right. So um, IBS especially, this is not true for, for every illness, but IBS especially is so 
It is literally your body saying, I don't like this food. Sometimes it takes longer to discover which food it is. And oftentimes the patients don't want to give up their favorite food because in their mind it's healthy. That's something that you encounter. Like, what do you mean? I eat so healthy. This, this, this can't be the case. Mm-hmm. True. But your healthy is not healthy for you. So um, if Wait, I we that. are eight- <laughs> <laughs> We just have to pause there. Can you just say that? Again, just shout it to the roof. Absolutely. This is a moment. You're, okay, right. let's well, let's go. You're healthy. That 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 part. <laughs> You're healthy is not healthy for you. And I'm 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 gonna give I'm gonna give a class example. I have, I have a patient. Um, IBS was part of the picture, but psoriasis, endometriosis, things were just fertility was an issue for her. So we cleaned it up, and she's super compliant. This is why I like to use this patient because there's less variability. She's like on it. Um, she cooked everything. And things started getting better. And Demetriosis was reversing. Fertility doctors so happy. Everything. But there was one area of her skin that just would not budge. This is a patient we did food sensitivity on. And this is why I said earlier, for her, it was avocados. Avocados is the healthiest thing in the world. Like, who tells somebody not to eat an avocado? <laughs> right? So for her, as soon as we eliminated guacamole from her life, which at that point was one of her favorite know, foods. It's so bad. <laughs> I know. It's- but the psoriasis disappeared. The the, resi- the le- little bit of pain that she had left from endometriosis gone. So it's, it's a healthy food. It was not healthy for her. And that's what we discover over and over again. So as that's long as great. we find the food that, that's the issue, we can get, we can get there. Yeah. You're listening to Dr. Efret Lamandre. Uh, she is the founder of The New Method, where she empowers patients to finally realize that their symptoms are not in their head in kind of summary about you know about ibs and everything we just kind of discussed dr e you know what's your take-home message for the listener my take-home message is always there is a way out of this whatever your this is i always want my patients to have hope when i do a consult whether they choose to work with me or not i want them to know there's a way out there's a better way the reason i called it a new method spelled with a k is because my patients always know you always knew there was a better way and there is a better way. So the take home is you don't have to suffer. Um, make sure you do all your work up and then find a functional medicine provider to help you out of this mess. Very nice. Um, do you have a website we can uh, mention? Yeah, thanks. It's the new method. It's the new method on every platform except for Twitter because I talk too much. So the new method spelled with a K. Everywhere, TikTok, YouTube, the website, Instagram, you could find us. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you so much. All right, so you're listening to Live Forever. Don't forget, you can go to liveforevers.com where we're going to do, Dr. Crystal, the one-two punch. <laughs> we got it. You guys, you're getting better. <laughs> uh, you know, right there on that on our webpage, you can um, give us your email. You join the uh, Live Forever's family. Uh, you'll be part of the newsletter and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you can um, subscribe to the show. And by the way, when you're at liveforevers.com, why don't you go ahead and listen to more shows? Yeah. Download, like, share. Comment. Comment. We like it all. Make sure and subscribe. And subscribe, yes. Yes, all of the, the major uh, podcast platforms are there and uh, we want- We you, make it easy. We we want you to get notified when we go and post the new podcast. <laughs> all right. That's liveforevers.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.